Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great Scott Podcast. On this episode, Mike talks with actress Naomi Grossman from the acclaimed hit show American Horror Story. They discuss how she got her start in Hollywood, her struggles, and her ultimate success on that very popular show. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, Naomi, first off, um, I was actually reading how uh, for you, uh, when you got started, uh, you went to the Groundlings, and uh, the original goal for you was to be an SNL cast member. Yeah, I mean, that's what I always kind of grew up wanting. <laughs> you know, trying to stay up late watching SNL. And, you know, I always just sort of fancied myself a, um, you know, a short form sketch comedian. Did you ever get to go in and audition for SNL? You know, I never did. Um, I was in the Groundling Sunday Company, which is kind of the highest up as you can get in that particular pyramid scheme. Not that it's a pyramid scheme at all. It's just, it, it sort of works out that way. It's, you know, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of people at the beginning, and then they sort of whittle it down, and and by the end we're a really you know small exclusive group. Yeah. Uh, and by the end, uh, in my cast, for example, there were 14 people, all but four were cut, and then of those four, only one actually became a groundling, and even then she did go on to SNL. So you know, it is it's a pretty <laughs> exclusive little group um but yeah no I mean uh, I never did get that audition um but you know it is what it is yeah I I went another path (laughs) well hopefully I'll see you host it one of these days right exactly yeah that'll work (laughs) so um also I was reading how uh you you took a year off from from acting doing being in show business yeah, um, I mean, the Growlings really was sort of like the best of times, worst of times. Like, it was so inspiring. I mean, it felt almost like a like a kind of a comedy college, you know, where I was just surrounded by like the funniest, most um, just brilliant people um, cranking out material on a you know daily basis. Um, and yet, you know, we kind of we needed each other to fail a little bit. Like we were only as strong as your weakest link. And yet at the end of the day, we were all competing for, you know, a few spots. And so as much as you needed each other to, you know, build each other up, you also, you needed somebody to be the weak link in order to advance. And that is so, it was a little toxic in that regard. And and I'll be honest, there was a, a director who, was just a real, um, yeah, toxic force. I mean, she just sort of uh, um, had me pretty much convinced that I was worthless and mm. uh, had no uh, place in this business. And so I, um, you know, I kind of took her as the authority, like, wow, she must know. So I, yeah, I did. I just, um, I just decided to kind of have a whole, you know, start over get a job, find a boyfriend, like do all those things that I sort of been denying myself that everyone else in the world does. And, um, uh, which was fine, you know, but at the same time, a year later, I sort of realized 
No, um, there's a reason. I like I'm a creative person. I need to be doing it, whether or not it's at the groundlings or not. This is this is my lot in life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now but you know, sometimes we have to step away in order to see that. You know, it's kind of like a Monet painting. When it's when you're right up on it, you can't really see the lily pad. But once you are away from it, you realize. You know, you see, you, you can acknowledge what you're seeing. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, do you still talk to any of uh, those people at the Groundlings that you were with? I do, I do, yeah. Um, you know, some of which are, are still there, some of which are uh, have gone on to do, you know, much bigger, better things. Um, uh, some, some are, you know, lawyers and, and, and authors and, you know, doing totally different things. So, um, but yeah, we're still in touch. <laughs> I mean, I think after you've been through something like that, I mean, it really is like a boot camp. Um, you know, I mean, let me tell you, the best reality show ever would be if, you know, if they allowed some cameras into the ground lake one day. They I was won't. thinking that. Yeah, I was thinking that either that or Second City. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the ultimate survivor. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Naked and afraid. Let me tell you. Yeah. Absolutely. So, are there people that you uh, went to the Groundlings with that you uh, are surprised to see that they got on uh, TV or, or film at all? Um. No. I think um, they were. I mean, especially as we got on, it. They. Everyone was funny. It was almost kind of, by the end, it almost felt like kind of a sorority rush where it was like anybody belongs on that wall. It's just a matter of like, who do the groundlings want to get drunk with? You know what I mean? Who, yeah. who, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's at, at that point, once you're at the Sunday company, you know what you're doing. You're funny. You're, you know how to improvise. You're yeah. a good writer. But, um, you know, it's, it's at that point, it's just like, personality you know so I think um no I mean I, I have been surprised in my life to see people who, who've uh, managed to be become famous you know from whatever um yeah, yeah you know high school or you know that kind of thing um but uh no the groundlings I I have nothing but mad respect for Really, everyone I went up with. Now, uh, have you... And on the flip side, there's also amazing people who, like, never hit. And I'm like, what? It just, there's no justice in the world. I mean, for the longest time, that was Melissa McCarthy. I mean, I used to watch her in these, you know, little audiences of, like, 50 people just killing it on stage. And I was like, this is just criminal. Like, how is it that I get this? show like just me and like 49 others for you know 15 bucks <laughs> like live on stage like this should be this person should be a megastar and of course she did but it it, it took a while it did yeah um, which of course gave me hope it made me feel like okay well if she's not rich and famous well then i have no no place <laughs> no i get you i definitely get you um so have you ever attempted uh, to do stand-up at all, or have you done stand-up? Um, yes. I, um, you know, I don't, uh, it's hard to say, because then every, any time I do this on stand-up, somebody's like, well, but have you seen so-and-so? And it's true. Like, I, 
I have happened into the comedy store and seen Dave Chappelle like six feet away, and it's just it's a it's a, a remarkable thing to witness. Um, but in general, I don't love it. I I I don't. What is it? I I tend to like some things that are a little more theatrical. So there's something about like just it almost feels kind of lazy just sitting there on the, on a stool like just sort of talking into a mic like it there's something slightly kind of masturbatory about it yeah. which I kind of I don't know I just kind of object to I mostly and I think maybe what I'm referring to is bad stand up I think when it's good like when it's Dave Chappelle it is very very good and when it's bad it's horrible so I do think that I'm basing basing this on a lot of bad stand-up, mostly because as a, you know, comedian, I was forced to, you know, take one for the team and see a million friends, like crappy bringer shows. Bringer <laughs> shows are when you, um, you know, have, you have to bring 10 people in order for the promoter to, you know, put you up. And so really, you know, comedians, like, need their friends to, be there for them Uh, so you know I've done that for dozens of friends and it's just it's brutal you know you spend like your entire life savings to park the car and buy all the drinks and just and then it's and it's a bad night you know it's just like oh yeah yeah now so you know I I, like I said I've seen a lot of bad stand-up but I think when it's you know uh, at the same time you know what I do because I I do do solo performance is not that far from stand-up. I mean, I'm working on a new solo show now, and it's a lot of just standing and talking. So part of me is like, hmm, like, how can I hate on this thing when it's kind of exactly what I'm doing? Like, what am I, some sort of self-loathing, sort of, uh, like, in denial, like, closet uh, stand-up comedian? Um, I, 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 think mean, that, I, I think that there's a certain aspect of that to, to acting, um, what you're talking about, the the self-loathing thing. Well, that's true. That's true. I just think I, I am, I, I think lately I've seen a lot of quote unquote stand up, but I would, I would, which I like much more, which is sort of the Mike Baviglia style or, um, you know, even like John Leguizamo when they do like their solo shows and they're incorporating story and characters and if there's not so much this pressure to be funny as it is like to take the audience on a journey and that's really what I love like I'm really not into like Rodney Dangerfield you know take my wife or you know talking about airline food which of course we haven't seen since the 80s so you know no big deal but we've evolved a lot since but I really think that you know, um, some of these stand-ups working today, the ones that um, are, are more on the side of, like, solo performance, that is much more my my speed. And so if you're talking about that, yes, I'm into that. In fact, I've done two, <laughs> and I'm working on a third. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as just 
sitting on a stoop and like getting drunk on a microphone and letting like strangers just listen to me kind of run my mouth. Eh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. So Naomi, there's a character uh, that we're all familiar with that uh, you're you're most known for, and that is the role of Pepper. And yes. uh, so. I was reading about the audition process of you when you went in there, and it was kind of a kind of a strange audition process from from what I was reading. Um, yes and no. Uh, I think that show, and well, <clears throat> in general, uh, it, yeah, American Horror Story is very secretive. So what was unusual about it is that we weren't able, you know. They didn't tell us anything. We weren't reading the actual script at all. We read, um, you know, uh, we had to do a monologue from the first season. Um, and then the other part was a, an improv. So, yeah, that's unusual. Um, every now and then I've had an audition where they'll, you know, they'll black out the names of characters because they don't want all the all the actors in Hollywood and all the, you know, and their managers and their agents and everyone else to know, you know, what's happening in Dexter next season or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that, I get that. Um, but in this case, you're right. That what was unusual is I had no, I, I, I hadn't, I, it wasn't until I was actually like in the makeup chair that I had any inclination as to what this character even was. So yeah, that's unusual, you know? So Usually it's in the description, and so you go in like as that person. But I didn't even have that. Would you say that you're you're uh, good at the when it comes to auditions that you're good at at um, auditioning? Honestly, I'm horrible at auditioning. I <laughs> I suffer from terrible uh, anxiety over it, which is crazy because it's a huge part of it. It's like an architect who doesn't like to draw or you know that hates buildings like what <laughs> um yeah it's a it's a it's just a problem for me um and i i think it's why i've had to kind of take this really unorthodox route um and that is by you know creating so much of my own material that people can google me and see that i can do something because if you're all you're doing is relying on my audition you're not it's not enough. I'm not going to convince anybody <laughs> yeah. that I'm that I'm worth it. Um, yeah, I, I you know it's something I'm I'm trying to get better at. It's uh, but you know auditioning is changing now. All of a sudden everything's on tape. You know um, actors are um, uh, you know self self taping things. They they can do it over and over and over in your living room. You don't know if the after spent all weekend on it. Yeah. Maybe they have a, you know, an ear prompter in their ear. Maybe they've got their lines, um, you know, posted right next to the camera. Like, you don't know, which I think is a problem. Like, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's important to know that you can, you know, drive across town and, uh, you know, brave traffic and still walk in and, and do your, do a good job. And, you know, in that first take and then go home and forget about it. But and well, right, right now there's, know, there's no know. work either. And right now there's no work either. So not, not right. a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I see that, uh, how long, well, let me ask you this. How, how long does it take to, uh, get the role of Pepper going? I mean, I see all this stuff that they put on you. Uh, how long do you have to be in makeup for to put on the whole costume of, of Pepper? 
Right. Um, well, you know, they whittled it down at, you know, at first it was like a whole day affair, like in the, in the, you know, in the original makeup test. But then, you know, as we went um, with Asylum, it was like two different, two, two guys kind of split me in half. Um, and it was about a, you know, two and a half to three hour process. Uh, by the time we were at Freak Show, it was just one person. Because, uh, you know, they just got that good at it. They they knew my face and they knew these appliances so well that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, two and a half to three hours. Um, and that's just the makeup. And then, you know, unfortunately, my, my job, it's really, you know, I mean, I did all my preparation beforehand. So, uh, for me, it's almost like when you... I don't know if you've ever had the experience of like going into a wig store, like all of a sudden, if I put on like a big long mane, like I just become another person. Like it just sort of happens. Like I just take on this another personality. Um, and Absolutely, so, yeah. you know, the, the makeup was the same way. It was kind of like, I look in the mirror and all of a sudden it felt weird to, to sound like Naomi. Like I, 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 I you, you want to kind of hunch over and, crinkle up your face and, you know, do all those things that Pepper does. So how long, uh, so you said it takes about two and a half, three hours to prepare for Pepper. Uh, is it, does it take about that long to, to take off everything as well? No. Uh, it takes about 20 minutes to take it off. The hard part is finding the seams because, you know, they do such a good job of sort of gluing it down and um, blending it in with my face that it's like, oh, gosh, where, where did we put that thing? So they kind of got to, you know, poke around your face and you're like, oh, no, that's my face. <laughs> um, but, yeah, once they once they find those seams, they kind of can just peel it right off. And, oh, it's awesome. It's like getting a facial every night, you know, every day after work. So uh, how many jobs do you get to do that? When you when you get into work, you just lay back and take a three-hour nap. When you get off work, they give you a facial. I mean. And you get paid for it, too. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you you also uh, um, and and please correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, but I was also reading an article that said um, that you've never been told I was so pretty until I played the ugliest character on on TV. Yeah. Well, it's not to say no one's ever told me I was pretty, but I have certainly never had the entire internet tell me all at once. Um, it's I think. You know, it's interesting. I feel like actresses in particular have this sort of pre pressure to be pretty. And I've never felt that. Um, I've always felt like, uh, you know, as actors, I have a pressure to tell stories and to um, take on characters. They don't necessarily need to be good looking. I mean, that's fine if they are but right, right, that, absolutely. Like, art imitates life you look around the world not everyone's not everyone looks like a desperate housewife and and even then like when I see shows where they do I'm bored by that I don't it doesn't look like my world so um yeah I um I mean I think it's a shame that that's what you know, I think young uh, actors sort of have the feel that that, that that that's what's important. I think it's so much more important to get, you know, training and um, 
than Botox or Absolutely, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So since you're in a business, that's all the pretty much all about image. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a little ironic that you know here I am, like I never try to be pretty, and then all of a sudden I get the I get the job as the ugliest person on television, and that's when I get told I am pretty. Like it's, there's something kind of wild about that. So it's kind of like a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing, per se. Yeah, like I, I just reversed the whole thing. I turned it all on its head. Like, yeah. So, yeah. so you mentioned how uh, you're working on a solo show right now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, it's a one-woman show. Um, you know, my goal is to get it on one of these streaming um, services like a Netflix or Amazon or whatever, kind of like a, a, a one-hour comedy special. Um, I, I've done two prior, uh, prior to Pepper even. Uh, one was called Girl in Argentine Landscape. That was um, sort of my coming-of-age story. Uh, and then the second was called Carnival Knowledge, uh, which is kind of, uh, kind of like Sex in the City, different coast crappier shoes um this third is um kind of a an unofficial sequel to uh carnival knowledge simply because i am you know still single still have stories to tell uh but it, it goes through some more of this um you know uh, my journey in, in before and after pepper so um i think Fans of American Horror Story will will be especially um, interested in this one. So, uh, Naomi, I just want to ask you one one more question about Pepper here. Uh, do you still? I, I know that when someone becomes known for a character, they start to get roles based upon that character that uh, these directors want them to stay and be as. Is that kind of how how it's how it goes for you now that uh, you're known for a certain character? Fortunately, no, because I think I probably wouldn't ever work again. I mean, let's face it, we haven't really seen someone like her in film and television well, that's, uh, that's since, like, Slitsy in 1933. So, yes, uh, you know, true. I can't afford to wait another 90 years or whatever to work. Um, uh, I will say people do... Uh, um, I think... I now people have in their head like when they need an extreme character or they need to cover someone with prosthetics or they need someone to communicate with uh, very little dialogue uh, or they, you know, I think stuff like that. I, I obviously showed the world that that's something I can do. So I, uh, I think I am kind of their go to for that. Um, but sorry, so in that I, regard, I'm totally fine with that. That that doesn't uh, limit me at all. <laughs> so sorry, I I didn't mean to take that little uh, detour off there as you were talking about the third little show. I was just uh, that that just came came into my mind as you were talking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so you have so you're filming this uh, solo show right right now then? Uh, no, no, not filming. I mean, I'm still writing it. It's oh, still writing it. it right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? The filming will take, I don't know. I imagine we'll, when we can get back into theaters, we'll, we'll fill a theater um, and, and maybe do it once or twice and then we're done, you know? Yeah, that's true. It won't be a, a process like that. It'll be an evening. <laughs> 
Well, Naomi, I have one more question for you, ma'am. And um, what advice do you give to someone who wants to get into the whole uh, acting realm? Well, um, most importantly, I would say they have to really love it. And by it, I mean the work. Um, Not... The idea of, you know, being famous or having, being on, in the magazine or on the side of a bus or whatever, um, because that only happens for a tiny percentage of people. And even then there's no guarantees. So, uh, like, I mean, I'm very thankful that I, that things did proceed for me beyond say my YouTube channel. But even then, like, I was so fulfilled by even just, you know, creating little silly sketches that went up there. And, you know, sometimes they got several thousand hits. Sometimes they just died. Sometimes they, you know, I competed with some cat videos and the cat won. And, but the <laughs> fact about is, right, like, right. Yeah, but the fact is I loved it. Like, that, 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 it was feeding me creatively. And so I think that's what's important, that you're – um, that you're doing what you love and, and that it um, inspires you um, and, uh, you know, artistically. And if not, like, then it's not worth it. I think there's too many people that are like, that, that just go about it for the wrong reason. And, and you can see it. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, that would be my first, the most important. Um I think, you know, getting a, a full education is really important. I think a lot of people uh, just, you know, if they were the prettiest one in their high school, they just, you know, beeline it to L.A., and I think that's enough. I really think, you know, going to college is important, and and, and not just college. Like, I mean, and not just, you know, drama school. Like, I mean, I did major in theater, but I also, you know, went to a good school where I took astronomy and um you know languages and you know you name it like I think because quite honestly that's the other thing like actors need to know things not just how to act like um and were you uh would you say that you were also um well let me ask you this before the role of pepper came along for you um were you uh were you rejected a lot for a lot of other jobs before that role came yeah I mean I gosh I got my SAG card when I was 15 years old and so you have to imagine I was already, you know, started starting to, you know, act and audition then. Yeah. But I didn't, I mean, Pepper, I got Pepper when I was 37 years old. So I went 22 years of auditioning. And I mean, it's not to say I wasn't, I never got anything. I did. I, you know, I, but I was working at my craft. I was doing these solo shows. I was on on YouTube. I was, you know, I was doing my thing. But no, in a, a conventional a commercial sort of realm. No, no, no one knew knew of Naomi Grossman. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I mean, getting back to what I was saying, I, I think you know, in order for me to do Pepper any justice, let's face it, I had to know a little bit about neurology, and of course, I don't. So I had to read it. I had to do research, like a proper, you know. Um, uh, scholar, um, I had I needed to know something about uh, film history, you know, to 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 know to look up Schlitzie and and watch Todd Browning's Freaks. So, but the point is, these are all things that that um, when you go to school and you learn 
things other than acting that um, that really serve you. I mean, uh, like I said, it's not enough to just know how to sing and dance and, and cry on cue. You really need to know uh, about the world. And not only that, but let's face it, there is a, there's a, a plenty of this is going to cocktail parties and being, you know, entertaining and, and charming and smart. And, um, and if all you have to do at these cocktail parties is, you know, talk about your acting, I mean, that is a snooze fest. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing that is more, you know, less attractive to industry people, to, you know, casting and producers and the people, you know, the decision makers in Hollywood than an actor that only talks about his or her acting. So, you know, all the more reason that that would be my other big piece of advice to um, actors. And, and that is to just have a life, get a, a, an education, be a full, you know, well-rounded person first and foremost. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> I have right. all kinds of advice. Well, um, so Naomi, uh, I do thank you so much for coming on on the show. Uh, please come back anytime. Um, I know that we're not filming anything right now, but uh, but when you when you have something, come back and we'll help you promote it. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I will definitely do that. And hey, thanks again for doing this. It's uh, it, it's always a pleasure to to talk to you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you heard today, like our Great Scott Podcast Facebook page. That's where you can find information on Mike's upcoming entertainment podcasts.